Yes, thanks for tuning in to Keo Conversations. My name is Mark Champagne and I unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Another awesome Australian on the podcast today, Samantha Gash, corporate lawyer turned international endurance athlete, inspirational speaker, social change advocate, and now she's also a mom. During the time of the recording for the for the show, Sam's baby was actually living in her stomach, but happy to report that her baby and family are all doing fantastic. So enjoy this conversation with the remarkable Samantha Cash. Before we dive in, if you enjoy these conversations, please do give us some love wherever you're listening with those lovely stars or a written review. But lastly, the podcast would not be possible without the support of Keo. This is our daily reflection app. All these awesome guests end up in the app to help guide you through your daily reflection. Take for a spin. It's in the Apple App Store. All you have to do is search K-Y-O. And thanks, as always, for giving us your attention today and have the absolute best day yet. defines you you said that this would stump me and it stumps me not in the fact that I haven't thought about it before but that you know there's not one thing that defines who I am and I sometimes think that it's kind of the answer is constantly changing yes um you know I think that I've picked up fragments of like all the different aspects of my life and my experiences and they all influence different parts of me or different responses that I have when I'm kind of put in different scenarios. So I'm someone who's influenced by the fact that I was trained as a lawyer and then practiced as a lawyer for a bit, but I see myself in that respect more as a lapsed lawyer. Okay. Um, but I know the analytical way of thinking is something that kind of pervades everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I am an endurance athlete, which used to mean that I, you know, would run long distances, but now it kind of means that I explore long distances either like on foot, so running or trekking or in a kayak uh, on a mountain bike or a road bike. So the disciplines have changed in how I, you know, do endurance events sure. or expeditions. And I think um, for me I've been like highly conscious that we only have a certain amount of footsteps and so I've always wanted to make sure, like at least in the last five to six years, that the way I choose to use those footsteps can count. So I now link um my interest in like social impact, particularly when it comes to exploring the barriers to why children are unable to access quality education mm-hmm. and use the vehicle of running and storytelling for a digital platform to kind of try and make a tangible impact into that space. I love that. So those kind of are the different pockets of what I do. Um, I don't know if it answers like who I am, Um what well, does it, it, I mean? These are all the components, right? The reason I yes. ask that is so that people don't say I'm a runner, right? Because <laughs> there's there's so much more to your story. Do you know what I've sometimes 
um, been on a running podcast and then it'll, it'll get to an hour at the end of the podcast and the guy will be like, we didn't actually talk about running. And I was like, oh, yeah, sorry, this is actually a running podcast. Sure. <laughs> but, you know, running was, you know, I, I entered into running very um, ill-equipped with like what it was like to physically move my body. And so um, running at the beginning was like what was at the forefront, like the physicality and how you move your body and how your mind responds to that. But after a while, you know, that part kind of lost interest for me and I would now say running is the least important part of everything I do but it does tie everything I do together sure well it seems like you know it's one of the vehicles to your work essentially right and it's yeah what, what I love about the story obviously and, and just just doing the research for this conversation is just I mean that was something that opened you and your, your you know your mindset up to a whole other set of perceptions or um <clears throat> you know projects and and just just a whole other level of, of thinking it seems right oh yeah and if i go back to like samantha as a child and think that running would be the catalyst for like where my life would lead now i just it, uh, it makes me laugh a little bit because you know i wasn't a sporty kid in fact mm. i was very um uncomfortable in the sporting domain so you just you just can't say when you're younger like where you're going to end up and I even say at the age of 33 like I can't even say now like where I'm going to end up yeah. you know I, I'm quite an organized planned person but I can't even give you like a five-year plan sure um and I used to think that was a really like a significant deficit in like my like thinking of my future but it's just been like I kind of know the values that I want to hold in five years, um, but I don't know what it's going to kind of morph into. I, I love that. I mean, so we're the same age. And um, like if you would have told me a year ago that you and I would be sitting here chatting on a podcast r related to mental fitness and there's this whole company called Keo behind it. I mean, <laughs> you know, it wasn't even a, you know, a, uh, even a, a, an ounce of, of that in my life over a year ago. So I, I agree with you. And that's amazing. Like that's, I've had the, the biggest kind of year transformation. I, I do know, I feel like I've said this before, but I do think that I, this has probably been the biggest transformational like 12 months of my life. Sure. Um, and I also think like transformation often happens at a point in our life when we in the areas of our life as well, when we are ready to take it on. Yeah. And I know I'm just jumping ahead a bit, but I was speaking to one of the guys that helped me put on um, this project called Run India, which was a 77-day run from the west to the east of India where we kind of, well, I would run, you know, anywhere from 40 to 70 kilometres per day and would visit um, World Vision development programs that looked at why children can't get to school and whether they were issues of malnutrition or the prevalence of the sex trade or, um, you know, the remoteness of the country, the lack of nutrition, um, safety and protection issues. And so then we would kind of meet people, we would learn about them, and then we would share those stories. And I kind of said to him when I spoke to him I hadn't spoken to him for a little while I said you know that whole two years that we 
put on that project and it was like such a hard thing and I look back and go it was a miracle that we actually were able to pull that together I wasn't able to handle any change in my life on a personal level anything that would create instability because I needed to be like stable enough to put together that project sure and and even if things in my personal life weren't necessarily kind of where they needed to be I just couldn't cope with it at that stage of you know the development of that project and you know it's interesting how like you know within six months of that project finishing which was like such a labor of love and took every ounce of my being everything started to change um, because I had that space to kind of explore that and to reflect a whole lot more so I think sometimes you can't push change you have to trust within yourself that you do it at a time that feels right and that you can cope with it. I definitely want to touch on that. I mean, and you mentioned that last time we um, last time we chatted, just that you know the last year has been full of change, but yet you're 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 the same person, right? And you basically yeah. you just mentioned it, it. It alludes to that. So what? Like, what are some of the things you know mentally, I guess, and physically that? that have changed or that you're that you've realized you mentioned that there's been some reflection there i I mean you know just just help help me and and the audience understand some of the things that you've learned over the last 12 months um i think you know we always try and strive to have you know balance and um to be kicking goals in every aspect of our life sometimes all at the same time yeah and like, I just don't think it's possible. And often the way that I've lived my life is I've really absorbed myself into a certain component, um, you know, f- for a, a certain time frame. And it's never an, an ongoing thing. Like, it's for the duration of a project. But as I said before, like, that Run India project was like a two-and-a-half-year lifespan. Mm-hmm. And like I just throw myself into these projects and I wouldn't say like I neglect other aspects. Like certainly like health and well-being is always something that's integral because if, if you don't look after the self of that part, you can't look after, you know, the project, which is really important. Um, but I definitely neglected like the self of like personal fulfilment of, you know, what for me it meant to be loved and, um I guess my romantic side of life you know I'd been in quite a long relationship and I just was funny what I was willing to kind of endure to not not rock the boat and so you know even though I probably knew my relationship was ending for a long time I I just didn't I couldn't for some reason make the changes to it okay Uh, and I have you know I think I think everyone in our lives, we, I mean, every person has people in their life that you think, oh, they need to, they need to move on from what they're doing right now, whether it's a relationship or a job um, or a bad habit. Um, but there's often things that hold people back. And I think if you're not in a space to explore what's the reason you're being held back, then you might be forcing it too early. Everyone goes on their own kind of time path and their journey. So, the last 12 months for me has been really about, you know, after I do really big projects, I always then kind of shift into the opposite direction and kind of make sure that I nurture all the things that I neglected in order to pull that project together. Um, so it's kind of where I 
it's where it's we decide that's when I get really back into like meditation it's where I get back into taking off my watch and just like moving for the enjoyment of it as opposed to for the structure of training or for any time goals um it's where I make sure that I really hone in on my relationships that I, I would say like my close circle of friends I rarely like I don't neglect them because I know how important they are but it's sometimes the focus tends to be on you when you're doing these big projects and when you're out of those projects I feel like that's when I can really invest into them um, for what they're doing mm-hmm. so I just I think relationships are a cycle of give and take and the best relationships are where you each get both components because both are vital to like functioning you know, re- relationships between two two people. So, sure. yeah, I, I guess I'm just wor- I'm working out my patterns and like the cycles of behaviour that I go through and kind of exploring which ones um, work for me and which ones I think I need to work on. And I don't think you can always be so reflective when you've got so many other demands. But the, the question is to make sure that you're not always on a cycle of, I mean, I call them projects because that's how my life operates, but yeah. some people get themselves immersed into like really high demands at their job and they actually never see the light of the tunnel because they go from like, you know, long hours after long hours after long hours and it never stops. But for me, I always make sure there's that exit point where I then can kind of make sure that things get rebalanced and I can like evaluate. Okay. So it, it sounds like you're aware of your triggers as well. I mean, as, as you've evolved kind of through your, your journey on, on this thing we called life, let's say, um, right. Like you've obviously realized that, you know, in terms of relationships, that's an area that, you know, in, in the past that you wanted to, to, to try to address a little bit more so that it sounds like, so there's not such high peaks and, and, and valleys, right. Mm -hmm. Or, um, or dips, I should say. So like, is there, so you, you wrap up a project and then, is is that is that the time? Is that when you you go in and you just sit back and and reflect, or are you building in some of these practices kind of on a daily or weekly basis? I, it's always there. Like I don't think you you can't neglect reflection, um, even if you can't. Um, even though it might not be highly tuned at certain points, um, but I would say you know when things are at its all-time peak it's it's very hard to be reflective yeah um because you're in the thick of something so it's more when i kind of walk away from something um that i can really take stock of what was that project like what was that phase of my life like um i typically tend to do things that i really believe in so like the justification of why i can get into the rabbit hole is always there um okay i'm not sure if that's always the right thing because like I'm, I'm i'm as i said i'm a lawyer by trade so i can like find points and arguments for anything <laughs> of course <laughs> um but yeah i definitely when i finish something that's when i kind of really reflect on you know how i've been as a person during that is there things i could have done better but at the same time you can't be hard on yourself too like we do the best i genuinely think that people do the best that they can do with what they have at a certain time frame. Of course. And to, to go back and be harsh and too critical on yourself um, sometimes means you can't actually move forward. So it's more like, okay, well, what could actually work better for next time as opposed to going, well, why did I suck in that moment and what did I destroy or what did I, you know, sacrifice? Kind of just keep thinking of like the evolution of person that we 
hopefully just get better and better um, the more and more we mature like a good bottle of wine. Sure. I love, I love that. But, you know, one, one point to make, uh, I think, you know, you're being modest uh, on your side. Um, just for me, having interviewed quite a few people now, like give yourself some credit like that. It, 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 you, you made a point about like you can't neglect um, reflection, but a lot of those questions that you just mentioned now, many people just don't do that, right? And they, mm-hmm. and, and this is what we're trying to do. And this is actually kind of the goal of, of our conversation is to try to help people come off of that autopilot. And even if it's yeah. for five seconds, right? Like what was, you know, what was that project like, like you said, or what, you know, what was the best part about it? What could I have changed type thing? Um, even, even when you get to Friday of the week, right? Like what, you know, what went well this week versus you're now you're right into the weekend and then you're back into Monday and like rinse and repeat type thing, right? Yeah. And, and there's definitely, I think people put, um, they get scared of what we, you know, what we're kind of terming as reflection or mm-hmm. mindfulness or resilience techniques. People think there's so much, they have to do so much in order to get there. Yeah, and I, for me, like it's just little triggers. So, if I, so I'm, I'm, I'm pregnant right now. So I'm like quite. <laughs> I'm hormonal, That's a big trigger. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've learned with myself, but I also don't want to be. Like when I was younger, I would fire off really quickly. Yeah. Um, with emotion, and so I don't actually want to be in that because. I don't want to put the baby under that stress, you know, like, you know, typically as a soon-to-be first mother, you read quite a bit of stuff and, you know, you, you don't want to create stress for your child before they're even born. So mm-hmm. for me, whenever I feel like that fire burning up within me, um, which I used to just fling off, I kind of just go, don't say anything, just like really breathe. And it's, you know, that's that is a simple technique of, turning off the autopilot and all I'm doing is like not verbalizing the first thing that comes out of my mouth as a reactionary tool and I'm breathing and then the next thing that I might choose to say is always I say it slower I say it quieter and I say it with a little bit more reflection on how it might land okay and so that's been one of my biggest things that I have noticed within the last couple of months that I don't just say what feels easy um, because in the long run, like what's often easy isn't the best thing. Sure. That's a great, really great example. Thanks for sharing that. No problem. It's, um, yeah, like I, I think you nailed it. I, I mean, and this is something... I realized too over the last, I, I mean, I'm also a photographer and that's something I always, I've always yeah, done. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. And there, there's, we've got some kind of similarities in terms of, I know, you know, some of the, the background be, behind uh, run India. I also, I did some charity work in, in Senegal and it was kind of a life changing <laughs> experience there as well. But it's, it's just the only reason I bring up the photography is that like now in my life, like I can't help but realize or see a photo somewhere or the light hitting mm. something, right? Or a, like a unique angle or something like that. But it doesn't, like that comes, like it's happening natural, naturally, I should say. And and the more that I, I exercise that personally, the more detail you, you kind of just naturally pick up. So, and, and I think that's where like 
people get hung up a little bit. You know, you don't you don't have to sit down and meditate for an hour. No. There's nothing wrong with that, obviously, but um, there are really simple little things that you can do every day that are almost mindless. But the more you exercise those those practices, obviously, the easier it becomes. The more habits you form, and then it just unlocks so many other um, insights right into this kind of self-reflective world which is on my side at least very exciting like I'm, I'm excited to continue you know this journey and, and see what else is out there because at, at the end of the day you feel good right I mean <laughs> there's like no drawback yeah. to it exactly and I think the thing is like I love to read and I love to listen to podcasts um, and there's, so, there's such a wealth of information out there of different things that we can be doing. Yeah. And I think sometimes, like, you don't need to adopt everything. You don't need to believe that everything's going to work for you. And sometimes it can get overwhelming. So the best thing to do is to just, like, pick up a couple of things and just try them and see how it goes and, and not judge if it doesn't work or if you can't stick to whatever it is. Maybe that's not the thing for you. But I just think, like, it's the... The transition from like listening and learning to actually trying to implement that is like the gap for people yeah i agree i agree well hopefully this conversation will help that's the that's that's the goal <laughs> um so sam i mean you mentioned obviously you're um soon to have a new little visitor in your home which is super exciting yes um, yeah, so, so as you're... I'm going to be calling you at a weird, weird hours of the morning and going, well, you're 13 months ahead of this journey of mine. <laughs> Pretty Come much. And give me some help. Anytime, <laughs> anytime. Well, speaking of, you know, mindfulness, to be very honest, it's, I mean, obviously the last year, uh, you know, with Keo and everything has, has opened up a whole other world, but I have to say, if I had to summarize the whole year, having our little guy come to this world has been probably the most mindful experience I've, I've ever had because you can't, you know, like once he started to, to, you know, once he started the bottles and was off the, the breastfeeding and whatnot, like you, like you can't be on your phone or doing other things while you're doing that, nor yeah. would you want to, but I mean, you just physically cannot, right? Like, and everything, you know, and they sense yeah. that and everything is new. And then, you know, at least on our side, uh, and I, my wife and I talked about this all the time. It's, it's so amazing to watch them be like, they're so pure. Right. And it's like, how do we keep them without judgment and just learning and being so excited for everything? Like if we could hold those principles through our whole life, it'd be amazing. Right. It's cause, mm. but yeah, what, what, what seems to happen is like you, you grow up, and then as you're going through school and stuff, you know, your arm goes up less often when people are asking questions, you become more shy or whatever the case. And then you get to some point, you know, where you, you get to this point in your life where you start reversing again. It's like, I need to find that, that pureness and get back to like a purpose or, or whatnot. Right. It's, it seems like that's kind of the average trend. Everyone hits it at a different place in their life, but you really start there. <laughs> so it'll be a fun experience. You can't help but think of, I mean, you're the source of everything for them in those early days. Yeah. So everything you do impacts them. So you start to become like more critical of like your own behaviours. Of course. And I think we all generally know that being on our phones 24-7 is not a good thing. No. Um, it definitely stops us from 
you know, being able to properly connect to the people who are in front of us because we're distracted by, you know, dwelling on what's past or what's to come. Um, and despite the fact that we know that it's not great to always be on it, it's some it how amazing how we rationalise that it's okay. Yeah, of course. But when you have this kid coming up, you're like, well, as if like I'm really conscious that I don't want. Um, you know, I don't really want my child to have all this screen time early on. Yeah, no, we're the same. And yeah, and everyone's different. So this is obviously just like my feelings of it. And I also haven't had my child yet, so I don't know how <laughs> things really will be. So I, I say those two caveats there. Yeah. But my feeling is like I really desperately don't want to be that mum because I work for myself. So I don't want to be that mum that takes my kid into a cafe and gives them an iPad mm-hmm. but then has a conversation with someone else. I don't interact once with my child and I somehow think that I did a good job because I, you know, took my kid out. Yeah. Um, I just I, I see that and I just don't want to do that. But I also know like these people aren't these people aren't bad. They have don't have bad intentions. It's just so easy to fall into that trap yeah. of what is convenient and easy. And if we go back to you know, 15 years ago, this wasn't an option. Parents had to engage their children um, in a way that taught them that, you know, you, you have to be, um, have, you know, manners when you're public and um, try and be respectful, but aware that children don't take everything on. So I'm trying to go back to like the basics of what my parents did because we went out and yeah. we'd go to restaurants and we just knew that we couldn't kind of terrorize exactly. our parents. In order um, to get like screen time, yeah. and I often see kids doing that as a mechanism to then like be able to get what they want, which is to like jump on the iPad. Of and course. you know, if your kid's crying and screaming, and you know that a easy solution is the iPad, of course, you can see how people just go, oh, "Okay, yeah, just you know, just give it to them." Yeah. So that that's my big thing. Like, how can I like remove myself from technology, which is probably the single largest thing that takes me away from being in the present. For sure. And just, you know, so our our son is, he's almost a year and a half. And so, and, and we take him out, we go to the restaurant and stuff like that. And we've always done that. Like since the time he was, you know, still sleeping, you know, the, you know, a month or two in or something like that. And he's never had a, had a screen in front of him. So it, it is possible. The thing, the hardest thing, and, and this might be personal, but, and I can see why, you know, a lot of people, you know, gravitate to flipping a screen or doing something is because yeah. it's easy, easy, but there's this feeling of like, you don't want to disrupt, right? People around yeah. you and like, you've been there and all of that. But, and it took me a while to like, even though we didn't give them a screen, like it still bothered me to the point of like, oh, you know, do we really want to go out? It's just, it's not like super relaxing to think about it. But as soon as you can let that go. Yeah. And what what helped me was every one of those people, A, either have their own kids or were a kid at yeah. one point, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was like, we, um, Mark and I, that's my partner, we were on a flight to going to Perth the other day. Um, yeah. It was about a three and a half hour flight. And as we walked on the plane, like we heard this like kid just screaming. Yeah. And like the non, 
<laughs> mother's side of me, like back in maybe like two years ago, would be like, oh, God. Your first thought would be like, I hope I'm not sitting next to that Of course, baby. of course. And now my thought is like, ah, oh, that's going to be us soon. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and I could, I did nothing but laugh. I was like, oh, gosh. Like you just go, oh, well, you know, you have so much more empathy. It's, I do love that newfounded mother club empathy and understanding of like the struggles of human beings that, you know, before motherhood, I, I just was devoid of it a little bit. And it's almost like this switch flicks inside of you once you, well, for me, it did at least the Mm -hmm. moment I found out I was pregnant, that I just became much more grounded and I would look around at other mothers and go, oh my gosh, like you've done what I'm going through and I think it's like so incredible and now I think you're incredible. Like it doesn't matter any other element of your life, you have like brought a child into this world and um, that's that's amazing. So it's, I mean, gosh, I, I definitely sound like a, a, a tripping soon-to-be first-time mother right now but it's it, that is like so crazy how my whole viewpoint on like women has changed. Like I've always been very like pro advocate of women, sure. But probably more in the professional sense, not in the personal sense as much. Yeah. And now I see like that beauty in like what is the hardest role that you'll ever have is like raising a child. Yeah. No. Absolutely. No. And and I think I, thanks for sharing all this. I think it, it totally fits in in our conversation and. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm excited for you and Mark to kind of continue this this journey. It's it's going to be. It sounds like it's already been great, obviously, and it's just continues, right? So, oh it's, yeah, I mean, it's a does fun not time. go without. Like, I think it would be fair to say, though, like it does not go without challenges. Oh, hundred um, percent. And and talking about even though I, I definitely feel like I'm mentally more enlightened. Yeah. I have. I think I'm definitely more like kind of excited for the challenges and but Mark and I are you know we're in our 30s and we have had our entire lives so far where it's been about us mm-hmm. um, as individuals like we've done we've done like Mark um, was a former um, special ops um, commander he did four deployments to Afghanistan oh, wow. then he did his MBA uh, warden and then he worked for McKinsey um, which is a consulting company in New York yeah. and set up his own fashion label um, it, and then me like I've run around the world like I've just gallivanted whatever I've wanted to like I've just shot off onto a plane and run in Antarctica or you know Egypt <laughs> um, and the adjustment that we will go through um is going to be significant and just the the fact you know i hope to breastfeed for at a very you know minimum yeah. um six months like that child's always going to be with me i've i've never had one thing with me <laughs> for six months <laughs> in my entire life for that amount of time like that's you know you're not one person then like you can think for yourself like that's just such a mental adjustment that i'll go through yeah well, and just know, right? Like, a if one, you're going through. I mean, we went through the same thing, and I, and I'm I'm an only child as well, so I've I've used a lot of alone time. <laughs> My wife has two other sisters, so we've had those conversations. But I mean, everyone. The thing is, everyone goes through it, right? So you know, there's yeah. it's just embracing it, and and it's just part of the journey, right? Like like even before we started talking about this, just you know, how running started as something for you. And now it's a completely other, you know, experience really. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I, I welcome any, um, 
mothers or fathers who want to like give their pearls of wisdom, feel free to like DM them to me through my my socials. I love to hear other people's perspectives on things. Doesn't mean I'll always take them in, but I always warmly um, read them. Absolutely, and we'll uh, we'll we'll have all the links to that. So for sure, thanks for sharing that. And I I'm gonna I'm gonna DM Mark because I feel like we yeah, oh, you know what? <laughs> we need some support guys, on this too. <laughs> do you know what guys do? Um, I think through pregnancy, guys do get a bit neglected, and I say that even though the woman is going through so much more, like obviously physically and yeah. and sometimes emotionally because you're you're carrying the child and you know everything that you do impacts and I have never experienced my body being such public um domain (laughs) you know I I went and got a coffee this morning and I mean this is my very regular like comment that I get on multiple times a day where the guy just said to me I've never met him in my life and he just goes whoa you're really big are you sure you're not carrying two Amazing. This guy, wow. Yeah, this guy said it to me, not knowing how far I am in my pregnancy, not knowing who my partner is, if, you know, if anything's <laughs> gone wrong. Like, it's just incredible. Like, if someone puts on weight in any other aspect of their life, never would someone say something. But when you're pregnant, like, it's like all guards are off. Like, I can talk <laughs> about your body as much as I want. Yeah. Um, but for guys, they you know, like they definitely, I think, get neglected in that nine months of pregnancy. And I think they're going through like a lot of silent um, thought processes. And one of my great friends um, in the UK just had a baby and I actually said like, how's it been for you? And he just wrote this really great response where, what did he say? He said it's been the first three weeks are really tough because the baby didn't look at them, like didn't engage. And, you know, I didn't know that. Like sometimes your baby when it's born won't actually engage with you like visually. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said the baby just did not engage visually and so they didn't realise how that would make them feel. And the next thing he said is, you know, his partner struggled with breastfeeding and there was actually nothing he could do about it besides just be emotional support. And he, sure. he's also um, in the army and he's very practical, like logical guy and to not be able to actually do anything to help, he said it was just really hard for him. Yeah. Um, he just felt like a bystander. And so I said to him, oh, do you mind if I just like pass on those thoughts to Mark? Um, because you don't often get like such honest articulation of like vulnerability from the guy's perspective. And I think it's good for guys to share that stuff. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I can relate to that. And the other, the one thing I'll add to that, um, again, to add to, to Mark and all the, all the, all the men out there is at least on my side too, the first, like the first six months, you, especially like if you're breastfeeding and all that, like you feel useless, right? And yeah. there's, there's almost like a natural bond, um, in most cases with like the mother and, and, and the, the child. Whereas like, we're kind of trying to figure like, and it's awkward, right? Like, you know, most guys, like we're good when the, when the baby can like start throwing things or, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's yeah. where our natural kind of instincts kind of kick in. And up until that point, it's, it's so foreign. I mean, not, not to say it's not foreign for, for the mother, but there seems to be like some sort of natural 
thing that just kicks in there at least what i've I think what that I've there's natural yeah there's natural things for the woman to do like there's yeah so whether it's natural for her to be a mother like there's stuff she has to do like whether it's you know you might not be breastfeeding but like you know you've you do more stuff naturally i think and um i think guys you know are working out what their role is and mm-hmm. you know they don't but i always say to mark i'm like we both have no idea what we're doing and exactly. that's scary, but, but that's it, it. So it's scary on one side, but the other side is like me telling you, I don't know any more than you do. And so like we are equally in this together. I want you to feel like you can contribute your thoughts just as much as I contribute mine. And just because I'm the mother who brought this child, you know, out of me doesn't mean that I have like a higher like priority when it comes to like how to parent this child. Yeah. And I think that's I I think that's empowering for the guy because then he feels like he has a role and a say. And I think, you know, no one wants to feel like they're the bystander or the third party or that they're going to be pushed out. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Well, I think we could probably kick off a parenting podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know. Sorry, everyone. Like clearly, Mark and I are both in, the, in different stages, but the thick of like early parenting. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, hopefully, it's useful for people. I, I can't imagine it not be. But that was pretty funny how where this went. So I'll I'll, yeah. I'll kind of refocus the conversation. Um, but still, somewhat somewhat similar. I, I did want to ask you one question. Um, like if you think of running, if you think of Survivor, and if you think of you know now, you know basically about to give birth to a baby. Like what mentally? Like what are the commonalities, or are are you seeing any links that's helping that's helped you prepare for all these different mm. phases in your life? Yeah, um, always the people that I choose to surround myself with, mm-hmm. and that. I think they used to change a lot more and I think they're changing less now because I think I've honed in on the people that really are beyond like what project I'm doing. They're kind of, they're transformational for me in like every aspect of my life. Yeah, they're consistent. Um, but I, yeah, and so, and that's nice to feel like I'm not changing, you know, oh, so now I'm, I'm a lawyer, so this is my type of friends. Or now I'm a runner, or now I'm a, you know, entrepreneur. Like it's kind of nice that I don't feel like I have to kind of seek out new networks of people all the time. Now I really have a core group of people that can fit into all those things, um, and that's because of their mindset. And so my female friendships have developed over the last three to four years I would say that they probably you know aside from my parents are the most and my partner are just like the most grounding force for me in my life okay um we don't ever feel competition amongst each other even if we're in the same fields and I think that's really amazing and incredible because female competition it can be really brutal and destructive so to find a female network where we only want each other to be successful and the things that we share with each other aren't um, kind of censored because we don't want to, you know, impact someone else or we don't want to detriment ourselves, like all that bullshit's out the window. Yeah. So that's definitely been a, a constant through like that my last couple of years, no matter what I'm doing. Love that. No, that's, that's really, uh, that's impactful for sure. Do you think it's just, 
like do, do you think that's just a natural progression of of just going through first of all you know be, aging and be, becoming more aware of things having different life experiences or like like what's triggering that that shift uh i think i don't know if it's aging thing like maybe there are some young women um out there who were just so great at identifying incredible people but also being a great person within those relationships but for me it's definitely something that's come with age where um i think jealousy and insecurity are some really toxic emotions but they are inevitable in every human being in some aspect and so to find ways of and this is another i would say this is definitely another mindfulness strategy I think accepting that you're going to feel insecure or jealous um, or inadequate uh, are going to happen, but your response to it or your strategies of coping with it quickly is what's the imperative part. So for me, if I feel jealous, which I don't do as much anymore, but if I ever feel jealous by what someone else is doing, the first thing I say to myself, like I kind of pull myself out of that emotion and I go, okay, normal emotion. You can feel that way, but have you done what that woman has done to create that opportunity that you feel jealous about? And then I'll probably say, well, no, like I haven't done that work. And so I'm like, okay, well, then you should be impressed by what she's done. Maybe learn from it. And then the second thing I do is like I actively go and congratulate those people. Oh, wow. And... It's kind of like the process that I do. And from that, I'm just like, it's actually a great thing to share your like recognition of someone else. Um, and I don't think people do it enough. Like I think um, kind of going out of your way and sending someone a letter, a handwritten letter or even if it's a message or an email or giving them a phone call and go, what you did in that moment to create that thing, congratulations um and it just moves you away from any of the kind of toxic emotion that might have come or might have originated there yeah no it's 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 definitely something that um everyone can do more of for sure and it's again it's just being being able to pull yourself out of the current situation or the craziness around you right to make the time to do something and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a long you know, long letter, like something super quick. It just makes such a huge difference, right? Oh, yeah. Like I, I received an email from this lady yesterday. Um, she's from Ecuador and she told me about her husband who, who's done, um, I think he had, he's run an ultra marathon in Antarctica and in Egypt and he's about to do this other cool expedition. And um, they've asked me to be a speaker at this event in Ecuador this year. And when I was reading it, and I, I won't lie, like I get a lot of emails of people doing incredible like physical um, and endurance pursuits. Okay. And, you know, sometimes they're kind of, you just think the world is full of people doing these, you know, big things. And, I, and it's not true. Like it's just that the circle of people that I kind of tend to be put in contact with are in a similar field and energy yeah. space as me. So I think it's always important to kind of like, well, I, the first thing I did before I even spoke about the speaking engagement was I just wrote to that lady going, you know, I just want to congratulate, you know, your husband for what he's done, but, like, probably more importantly, like, I know that 
you as his partner would have had to make so many sacrifices um, to enable him to have been successful. So, you know, congratulations to you too. So kind. And she wrote back to me and she goes, oh, no one ever understands or at least verbalises what it's like and the commitment that it takes to pull off something like this. So she's like, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, it, ch- it changed it from this kind of like business conversation to all of a sudden just going, you know, like I know what you've done to support your husband and the fact that you're the one that's reaching out to me right now is indicative of the fact that you play an integral part in like the creation of, of everything that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's often seen as a support person and they don't, they're do not they not the runner and the runner is the one that gets all the attention. Uh, so I just think that we can do little things in our day that take 10 seconds to recognise people. Yeah. And I think that's been a really pivotal part of my relationships with my friends where it's like just taking note of where they are and being conscious of like their, you know, emotional states and just being available. I've got this thing with one of my girlfriends where I call it um, unlimited time. Okay. And you know how like, like we all have schedules and our schedules are very tight and, you know, if we catch up with someone we might allocate an hour for that catch up and then we've got to go to the next thing. And so, you know, maybe every couple of months I, when I'm trying to catch up with this certain friend who's like one of my dearest people in my life, I'll just say, um, yeah, let's catch up, let's meet at 11 o'clock and I have unlimited time for you. And basically it means we don't, like, we are not looking at the clock and there's nothing else that we need to go to at a certain time. And so our catch-up will go for the duration of whatever it needs. Wow. that I mean, I really like that. It's, it's like the polar opposite of the friend that picks up their phone while you're speaking to them type thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, and we, uh, we've actually commented how great it's been for our relationship because when we have those catch-ups, it's just like it's you and me, we're in this together and we're, we're here for as long as like kind of catch up needs and we're busy people like it's not like we're we don't have jobs or we don't have things to go to or she doesn't have two children yeah Um, for sure you know we we have lots of stuff it's just that you know we we know the importance of not putting a restriction on a conversation um and, and letting someone kind of see out of thought process to where it needs to go to without you know someone picking up their phone or looking at the watch to see what time it is mm-hmm that is a great, great. Um, um, thank you for sharing that. Like, these are the things, right? Like, such, it, it doesn't take a crazy amount of effort to, you know, try this out with a friend of anyone that's listening, right? So it's, it's these type of like really practical insights or, or little hacks to try that can make such a huge difference, right, in your life and in the lives of the lives of others, right? So thank you. Yeah, and I I would say like how that has flourished our relationship is (laughs) there's been so many benefits to it and I think through that one action of unlimited time over the last 12 months, she's become like my go-to person um, outside of like my partner and, and, and because we did this one thing like for some reason like I don't seem to do it with other people as much but with her we created this. So it's I think you have to realize it's um you have to consciously do these things mm-hmm. and you can do it with more people obviously than just, you know, I do it with, you know, with Ke- uh, my friend Kemi. But oh, I know that the depth of our relationship now has completely changed from that one thing. Of course. 
Awesome. Um, I, before I get to asking uh, for your your three questions, I do just, I mean, you've definitely provided some practices. I've got a, a pretty good idea of some of the reflective practices that you're doing throughout your life. But are there, like, if you had to really think about it, <clears throat> whether it's after one of these big projects or on a daily basis, like, what are your non-negotiables in your mental and physical fitness? <sighs> It's funny, like, can a non-negotiable be something that you don't always give yourself but you know it's a non-negotiable? Of course. <laughs> um, sleep. Okay. Um, I actually think, and it's so basic, but I think when we expect our minds and our bodies to operate like peak performing machines, it's crazy how we actually drop the fundamentals. So true. And, and what are the fundamentals? It's getting enough sleep. Um, it's eating, you know, good nutritious food um, and it's getting exercising or movement. And so if I think of, you know, people in corporate environments, when they have looming deadlines, they typically will eat bad food, whatever's available and convenient. They'll drink a lot of um, caffeine, either Coke or, you know, coffee itself. Yeah. Um, and they won't exercise. And what they'll say to themselves is, when things get better, when I pass this phase, I'll make sure I get back to the gym. Yeah, yeah. And the reality is we need to be doing that stuff when we expect the most out of our minds and bodies. In fact, I always say like when you're on holiday, well, that's the time when you can probably neglect those components because you're not expecting or demanding anything of yourself. You're just laying on a beach. Yeah. So I think um, re- looking at what you, you know, it's the beginning of 2018. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it bad that I forgot what year it was? <laughs> <laughs> so it's the beginning of 2018 and it's when people are more mindful about what they are planning for the year. Whether they stick with it or not, I think it's the time when people go, okay, well, what have I got for 2018? And I would say to yourself, as you're looking at that kind of stuff, look at the peaks and troughs of the year, the high moments that you're expecting a lot out of yourself, and make sure within those time frames, that's where you create the space to be the best version like of you to operate in the best way that you need to. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I could not agree more because, and we, we went through this as well with even with Keo and, and like there was a... I, I, I remember the moment where we all stopped, <clears throat> excuse me, as a team and, and just we saw some of those practices kind of slipping down, down, the, down the path essentially, right? Because we're obviously things were getting crazy and this and that. And it was the same conversations. Like, guys, like this is, we should be meditating more right now. And we should, yeah. be, you know, reflecting or doing or writing out our worries or fears more and and fueling our bodies with really good food but it's you're so right i mean it's just it's it's like this natural instinct to to let all that stuff go and go to the easier path and it just compounds the the situation right so yeah it's interesting like i would say the theme of, of this this conversation um like you have such a heightened awareness i find with through the whole conversation, just with, you know, your triggers and just being super aware of these type of things. And I'm sure it's evolved over, over your, over your life, but like, 
if we can help people realize when they're in that kind of crunch deadline to just even for two seconds, right? Just stop and like pull yourself out of there, go to the 40,000 foot view and come back yeah. into it. Right. <laughs> With a well, little, he's, right? like, he's like the best like summation of like who I am. So I, I've really put a really high standard on that now. So I think I'm <laughs> maybe not the highest summation of who I am, but um, so I do adventure racing. It's where myself and, you know, I'm in a team of three other guys where we might be on a 700-kilometre course, um, combination of mountain bike riding, kayaking, trekking through quite, like, um, thick terrain. And basically you have to navigate yourself to certain points um, along the course. And so, and you choose when to sleep. So the clock starts when, you know, the gun goes off and it finishes when you finish at the very end. So it, you have to determine when to sleep. Okay. And my role in the team is not the navigator. I think I am quite good at like understanding where our mental limits are and how that starts to affect our physical capabilities. And so I'm more, I think I'm quite good at determining, okay, we're actually not moving quite quick right now. And I think it's because we haven't slept. And even though you don't necessarily want to sleep because you, the, the clock is ticking and you're not moving, you sometimes have to evaluate when is rest important to allow yourself to physically perform. But our team, even though we are very competitive individuals, we will always choose to go off course, you know, 800 metres, a kilometre, a kilometre and a half, if we can see on the map that there's going to be a spectacular view or the potential for a beautiful view off course. Interesting. And so that is completely against competition to like go off course. Okay. But the way I see it, and like fortunately I found three guys who are the same way, is like life is more than the competition and the pursuit of moving forward in in that version of perceived success. Like the success is like the moment you share with the people, the enjoyment, the way you can step out of things sometimes and just like have a laugh and how do you actually increase your mental enjoyment of something, which I guarantee you your physical performance flourishes every time when you choose to do that. And I think learning how to sidestep which it shouldn't even be called sidestepping, but like I'm saying going off the normal path mm -hmm. um, or what other people think is like perceived success has been one of the best things that I've learned to do. Wow, I'm glad that came out. That's that's probably one of the biggest insights of the the conversation. I mean, I wrote that that whole quote down essentially. Thanks for sharing that. I and, and I agree with you on that. It's again, it's just that realization, right? And then when you do it then you see the benefits of it over and over again. So congrats to you to you and the team. Oh, yeah. I mean, these guys are awesome. They, they, they're hilarious. And when I fell pregnant, I realized that I wouldn't be able to do this um, adventure race in February in Tasmania. And that was probably one of the only things I was like, oh, gosh, like <laughs> bad timing of being pregnant. Like, oh, I can't like experience like that hurt locker with those guys, but also – it is the Hurt Locker, but it's also like these like moments where it's some of the best times in my life when I've like raced with these guys and just like enjoyed each other's company. We, you know, like sometimes even you're a runner, so you you know what it's like to hurt. Yeah. But like 
for some reason, these guys have definitely taught me that reminding yourself that you chose to be in that situation, that you chose to be away from the comfort of your life, from your families, because when we do these races, we have no technology, we're out in the bush. It's a massive time commitment away from my families. And so we like, do not like downplay that um, by wishing that you weren't there. Don't be someone that reflects on an experience with enjoyment but hates it whilst you're in it. Do whatever you can to have appreciation in that moment. Love it so much. I'm going to um, ask you your three questions as that's a great way to end. Um, so like I said last time we chatted, it, are there any you know, questions that you ask yourself on a frequent basis or during any big life events that you you found personally have been helpful to to think about um yeah so i think the first one is um not so much a question because i actually think i have a lot of questions that always go through my head so i sometimes one i would like to say is like i like to affirm that i chose to be in the scenario that i'm currently in okay and because when you're in something like it is good to like question and have doubt, but sometimes that can stop you from moving forward. So I think sometimes it's good to affirm like that you chose to be in it and that you had reasons to doing it. And so even though you're hitting challenges at that point in time, like there's a reason that you you're in it right now. Okay. And I guess maybe I should have said the first one should be is like, don't be afraid to ask yourself why. Sure. And you have another one. And then the third one is ask yourself, are the people that you're surrounding yourself with empowering you to be the best version of you? Okay. Because I do think the tribe of people that we surround ourselves with can be fundamental in our success on a personal and professional level. I I agree. And and I'm starting to see that as well. And, you know, I'll I'll add something to that because – Something I personally struggled with, you know, back a while back was because you hear that often, right? And then, then you get into this place, or at least I found where, again, no discredit to any, you know, my personal friends or family, but like a lot of people are at different places in their life, right? They're doing different things. So then I found, well, how do like how do you how do you start bringing in those those type of people, right? That if this is more of a professional thing or really personal as well. And I find like through podcasts like this, if you're constantly listening to, you know, motivational people or people that inspire you or like, you know, I would chalk up someone like Rich Roll, right? Like if you have someone like that, yeah, who's always in your ear, it's almost like that fifth person in your circle. Mm. Right. Yeah. And then, and then naturally things just start coming together in that sense. So yeah, I hundred percent agree with, with with that, but I, f- I feel like there also is a way to try to bridge the gap as things are, you know, uh, as you're figuring things out on your own journey. Ah, uh, definitely. And you we're we're at different points of our journey. So sometimes when you know there'll be a lot of people right now who might listen to this podcast going, "Well, I'm not where you are right now." So what you're saying doesn't really make sense to you. Um, and that's completely fine. You might decide to turn it off because it's not the right podcast for you, and that's okay. Sure. Um, 
I think we are so lucky that there is like an incredible amount of resources about this. And what I like and why I chose to do this podcast with you is that you're consolidating so many different thoughts around this topic on one platform. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it's really powerful and the way that you can kind of group that kind of stuff and then the resources that can come off it and the networks of people that might be able to communicate to each other based on the thoughts, I think that's so powerful. Well, thank you. You, uh, I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's, that's totally what we're trying to do. So it's always good to be validated that you know, people, are, <laughs> people are understanding that's the mission. So Yeah, no, it's, re- it's really, really good. And like, you know, a year ago, you were doing something completely different and look at you now. It's crazy, isn't it? It really is. And like, I mean, we're, we're doing this via audio, but I have a massive smile on my face and that to me, like, we'll, we'll wrap this up and like, no one can take that experience right from, from, from what I'm having. And hopefully, you know, we're sharing a lot of other insights with, with other people. And like, I just hope everyone can, can find that type of, of passion and excitement in, in their life and whatever they're doing. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Last question for you, Sam, um, as we're chatting right now, what are you most grateful for? Oh, well, I've just, you know, definitely like the abundance of love. And <laughs> sounds so corny, but, you know, my, I've been having a few little um, cardiac <laughs> issues with my heart recently <laughs> with the baby. Sure. Okay. And I, the way that I see it is I'm like, oh, maybe I've just never felt this level of love before for like most things in my life and maybe that's why my heart's hurting so much because it's just (laughs) learning new depths of how to cope with that so like that's what I'm appreciative that I am able to feel that and maybe there's been times in my life where I've shut myself off from feeling this kind of way and I'm just really grateful that I'm kind of in that place now well thank you and and thank you again for for sharing that and also sharing your story um being so open throughout the whole conversation, uh, it, 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 you know, it means the world to me and obviously our audience. I, I definitely want to say, um, like I said, a thank you, but also acknowledge you for your journey and everything that, I, I mean, on the surface level, I mean, people could look and skim headlines, right, and see, you know, ultra endurance athlete, but there's so, so much more there. And it's you pushing through all of those experiences from, running to tv shows to becoming a new mom that are offering so much um is offering so much value right and so much so much learning and inspiration to other people around the world so so thanks for being you and for for doing that oh well thank you very much i'm i'm not as good at (laughs) taking people's um you know appreciation and something i need to get better at so Thank you very much. It's really nice to hear. Oh, you're very welcome.